0: From the southernmost points of Dorne to the lands of always winter and what is west of Westeros and the shadows in the east. I'm Ken Knapsack and this is a brand new edition of Casterly Talk. So happy to be back with all of you here. Finally, finally, finally. Hi friends, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, we're not dead. We're not dead. What is dead may never die. And uh, so it is. From uh, the Greyjoys all the way to Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, and uh, now maybe some Lord of the Rings podcasts out there. For those who missed the second update I released recently, I, long story short, kind of lost control of the podcast temporarily. Uh, the rights, nothing was yanked away. Just was a, a podcast got caught up in a, in the closure of another company, and I was on, uh, you know, Blue Wire podcasts, and had a they're very gracious, very supportive, uh, Game of Control. But what that meant is I had to reload uh, about three months worth of episodes back onto Anchor to sync up that podcast feed, so that we uh, could get back to normal here. Game of Thrones rewatch. I swear to you, I'm gonna pick up. Guests, names, faces that you know and love coming in here. And we're back here on the YouTube channel, which we're trying to build up. We're trying to do this whole thing. Um, so thank you for your patience. Thank you for your patience. Did not mean for it to take that long. But we're back and finally got a, a week where I could get the workflow worked out. Workflow, kids, if you're building podcasts, many podcasts, careful about that workflow. But we're here and I'm going to play catch up on some news uh, but I also want to talk about the, if you missed it again, that second update, you can go check out the episode here. I uh, will be, in addition in addition to covering uh, the world of Ice and Fire, which is the, the phrase we use to cover all of it and all the shows and properties and books and, and maps and all the things we love, I'm going to be talking about the Lord of the Rings show here, the Ring of Power show on Amazon. I don't want this to become a fantasy channel. I'm not a giant fantasy fan, High, low, mid-fantasy, doesn't matter. I, li- I like Game of Thrones. I like Song of Ice and Fire. I like some Lord of the Rings stuff. Other things will come and go. Not not a fan of the stuff. I just I just have a little specialized interest here. But I am a Lord of the Rings fan. I am cautiously optimistic and looking forward to the show. So why not? This is my, uh, my, my channel here. I, I, I won back my independence. We're going to talk about that show when it comes up here. And along the way, maybe do some Lord of the Rings updates. Profiles, talk to some uh, Lord of the Rings fans out there, whether you're listening or some of the the faces, the voices, and pundits who come hang out with us here. If you're watching on YouTube you want to support the show, there is a QR code that will allow you to donate to the show, uh, but not necessary, but I do want to acknowledge that it's there. If you're listening on the podcast form, yeah, we'll be uh, taking those ad breaks uh, from time to time here. Not right now, though. Um, We're just going to get right to it here. Back, uh, well, we're going to get to the George R. R. Martin news update. George R. R. Martin is the number one news source for world of ice and fire news, as it should be. As uh, he wants to even be more. Uh, Great stuff. And this was, uh, we're going to get to his, uh, the information he just dumped on the world back on March 9th on his Not A Blog. Some of it, I'll say this, all of it was confirmations or you kind of nodded your head and went, yeah, 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 okay. But it was nice to hear it from him, from someone very much on the inside, and it just got me excited, and it got a lot of you excited. As I said before, but if you're just catching up with the show, I love that HBO, the powers that be, are like, we're not done with Game of Thrones. We're not done with this world. There's so many more stories to tell. Regardless of what you out there listening or watching may have thought about the end of the Game of Thrones HBO series, it still generated a lot of... Attention, buzz, acclaim from people like me, um, not (laughs) acclaim, disclaims from uh, other people out there, but it doesn't matter. It's a viable property. It's a viable property. Though I do feel there is uh, a certain amount of politicking going on with some of the words from some of the people involved with House of the Dragon, George R. R. Martin himself. And I'll tell you what, I agree with it. I absolutely agree with it. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm, I'm holding a note card in my hand. It's a little – I'm not going to do this whole episode, but I feel I feel like I'm Jim Kramer on Mad Money or something. I'm holding – or Paul Ellery in the old manager of LOD, like holding a, a Wall Street Journal here. Apologize for my distractions. Before we get to the George R. R. Martin news, though, I wanted to go. I always love shouting out the websites. I'm not affiliated with them in any official capacity. I do love the websites, Watchers on the Wall, and Winter Is coming.net. Check them out. As I always say, Casterly Talk is just part of a larger ecosystem of Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, World of Ice and Fire, and George R. R. Martin enthusiasts. Uh, check everyone out. Listen to everything. Immerse yourself in the world. I do. It's a lot of fun. And I'm excited, as this podcast gears back up, I'm excited to spend more time in the world. Love talking Star Wars over Force Center. Love talking life and everything, comedy, everything. But, like, man, it's, um, it's, uh... It's a lot of fun to kind of get back into this world again and gear up. On winteriscoming.net, there was a, a great uh, article, kind of a, a great coverage piece, I would say, from Dan Selke. One of the uh, lead faces over there, winteriscoming.net, uh, covering uh, some of the highlights of a, of a great interview on the Golden Hour podcast. Check that out. Special guest was Greg Yatainis. Uh, Yutanes, Yutanes. I heard him say it. I've already forgot if that's uh, an S sound or a Z sound on the end. But Greg Utanius is a very talented director with a lot of wonderful credits. And now three, it looks like three credits as a director for the upcoming House of the Dragon season. So they sat down and uh, talked to him over there at the Golden Hour podcast. And some good stuff came out of it. Dan Selkiek like said, did a great coverage piece on it. And there was, uh, well, I'll say nothing was a surprise. I think it was something better than surprise information of, wow, they're going to do that with the show. We've already seen a teaser trailer. We've already seen a lot of the shots. This show, they took their time to make it because, one, I think they wanted to, and two, they had to with COVID. They never really had to shut down production, but they had to go to great lengths to make it happen. But there was some better than surprise tidbits or surprising news. It was reassuring. There was reassurance all through this interview and especially to the fans who might have some struggles with the end of Game of Thrones. And I always want to be clear if you're just kind of hopping on this train. I love season eight. I'm going to be clear about that. I love how the show ended. I love the connections. I think it connected greatly to what the show was doing, especially back to like season three when the show really, I thought, was starting to shape up and send us in a certain direction. I love Peter Dinklage's comments about season eight and the end of the show. And he's a wonderful grump at times. But in saying that, Especially if you're watching me on YouTube. This is not one of those channels where uh, my rule is the only uh, law of the land. I understand it didn't work for everybody. I understand some people loved it but had problems. Uh, Some people loved little things but had a lot of bigger problems. And other people loved the season like I did but still are maybe more vocal about some of the things along the way. Where I just – season seven, I have a little more problems with season eight. I just absolutely love. But we'll see when I rewatch that season in conjunction with the others as we are continuing the Game of Thrones rewatch. And in doing the Game of Thrones rewatch, again, I remind you all, I'm diving in on the themes, the moments, what the show is telling us, what the show is telling us about morality, uh, the shades of gray, the nuances, the black and white uh, actions there, the, the the evil, the good, but also as it builds towards the ending. What is it communicating to us more than plot, more than story? I'm interested in that stuff too, of course, that's vital. You got You got to have that characters and everything but what is the show communicating? I would actually argue with Hoff about themes are for high school book reports. Themes are dripping out of the show because the show is communicating things. But all that to say, I want I want to make sure as we kind of reboot Casterly Talk here, especially when it's on the episodes when I'm the only one and there'll be uh, other folks of course coming on the show, but most of the time it's going to be me in my home studio talking because hey, I have the power. Uh I, I want to I, – I, I'm not just um, stepping over my tongue to make sure everyone feels comfortable. I just really want to acknowledge a lot of different thoughts and opinions by people who still love the show and still love this world and still love this property. And that's great. So all that to say, some of the words that Greg Gutanius was saying in the interview – I just pulled up some of the quotes as, as pulled up by Dan Selke. Um, I think – I think they're reassuring. First of all, he gave some clarification on the roles of the showrunners, Miguel Sapochnik and Ryan Condal. Uh, I know the roles probably bleed over and they're probably in all the meetings and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, dual showrunners, especially showrunners that don't seem to have a track record of working together. This isn't um, a director pair like, say, Burton and Bertie uh, just just did some great work I loved in the Hawkeye series, even the Russo brothers, any other things like that. Uh, You know, it seems like uh, – I'm not saying two names pulled out of a hat, but hey, can you guys put together this show? Someone coming in new, Ryan Condal, someone carrying over a lot of the the things uh, that people love and celebrate about the HBO series with Miguel Sapochnik. Yutani said that Sapochnik has the physical production side and the visual side, which makes a lot of sense. This is a man that made hard home a reality. This is a man that, uh, whether you saw it clearly or not in your TV screen, did an amazing job at The Long Night in the Battle of Winterfell. That makes a lot of sense. It reassures me. And we again, we've seen by now, we have all seen the teaser trailer. We've all seen the promo shots. It looks like that show we all, at least at one point, were in love with. I don't think we're going to have a 100% connected to canon world, which I'm totally okay with. That's just a lot of things I see coming out of George R. R. Martin's mouth and mind. Um, But even then, that's not 100% official. HBO needs it to probably be in that world. They need those kind of bigger connections, thematic connections, and the history and lore. But we are in the past. And the past does not have to be beholden to the future, which is the future is something we've already seen on HBO. But at least I love the feel that it looks and knowing Sabotchnik has kind of that side. He'll take the show through that side. And then Ryan Condal has the lore, the characters, the story, the big picture. Again, now that Sapochnik's not going to cross over to that and Condal's not going to have a say in the look of the show. But I love that kind of dividing line. It makes a lot of sense. And again, sets us on um, a lot of things. And Yutanis went on to say this, taken again from the Golden Hour podcast and this great article on Winner's Coming.net from Dan Selke. Thy prior- the the thy the priority list for Miguel, it was always character, story, and then the visuals will follow. The show has enormous scope to it, says Yutanis. There's just so much happening in every single frame. The character in the story is where I always come from, and the visuals chase that because I feel they need to be in support of what the scene is doing. As that relates to HBO's Game of Thrones, I think that's in the same ballpark. I don't think, I don't think HBO's, I don't uh, even the speed and the intensity of, of season eight and season seven. I don't think they ever moved away from that, but I think the, these are the kind of words, you know, when force awakens was coming out, you heard you, a lot of the folks are talking about practical effects. Force awakens is going to have a lot of practical effects. None of that CGI stuff that you didn't love in the prequels. Not saying that was a lie, but it was definitely a, a little bit of a sway. Force Awakens, of course, had a ton of computer graphics uh, at play. It's like I said computer graphics like it's a Commodore 64. four. You're Programming some code. Phantom Menace, of all the prequel films, is notorious for being overlooked as being almost f- chock-full, bursting at the seams, with physical effects, practical effects. I, that just reminds me that what they're saying here is, hey, you know, maybe some of you had some problems with this, but don't worry, this is what we're going to do. Doesn't mean it's all, all going to kind of feel the same, but I think they're speaking that kind of language here. And and I and I love that because Utanius goes on to say that he as a fan of the series, and he said it several times. He mentioned he's rewatched the series, I think he said three times. Good for you. Try like 20, which I'm up to. Uh, Maybe Teddies could do the uh, rewatch for us here. But uh, a joke, but three's a good, three's a a lot. Uh, And he said he valued the small moments in Game of Thrones and then in the actual interview cited the pace of season eight as an issue for him because everything was so intense and he talked about not really having the recovery time. I don't know if I fully agree with that criticism, but I understand it. Sometimes I think we are conditioned that if things happen fast and we don't have a little moment to catch our breath, we we just it, the whole show moved too fast. The plot moved too fast. I didn't have time with the characters. I didn't see the character development. That's sometimes true. I think. Look at the Long Night. Look what S- Sapochnik did in the Long Long Night. They turned the battle into you know different genres: a horror genre, an action genre. And they had fun with that, but that was also done to pace it out. So that episode, I felt, had good pacing. I really still love The Long Night, everything about that battle, everything about that episode, the end with Melisandre. Chef's kiss. Beautiful stuff. So I think this is, again, something of a a bit of a... If you made that joke, if you shared that meme of the very detailed sketch of a horse and then as seasons went on the horse the sketch of the horse got less detailed until it just ended with basically a kid's crayon drawing and you thought that was game of thrones season one through eight if you shared that meme with any uh you know just no sense of irony in your heart um this is something for you this is a director of three episodes going we got you we currently right now have the time we're planning to take our time And I love that. Who doesn't love those big moments? I sometimes found myself getting a little grumpy at the the fast-paced conversation of, look, I don't want to see Davos and Jon on a ship for three weeks. Just at this point, season seven and eight, I'm okay with just getting them to Dragonstone. Let's deal with what we got on Dragonstone. But I also love those moments. I love the tiny little moments. I love... Like all the way back to episode two on the King's Road. Robert and Ned can have a nice little uh, sensible dinner and some important conversation. Uh, I love Jamie and Brianne on the road. I love all the little moments that we have. The moments as more characters and more plot threads come in, the the moments become fewer. They have to. They have to. But what Utanis is saying is right now we have the time in the room we budgeted for the small amounts uh, the small, the small moments, and have uh, large amounts of small moments. Is what I'm trying to say. So that's, uh, and so that's reassuring. That could be encouraging. He did, though, talk about the lore and connections to GOT, saying they're there. Again, I don't think we've, uh, to my knowledge, as someone I always love uh, looking at you, listeners, uh, Eric Monroe and Donna Long and Alden Diaz and all the people who normally interact and, and communicate with us here, or, or even at times call in or appear on the show. I uh, I absolutely love that. Um, uh, you know, we are all uh, obsessed with that lore, uh, and you guys. Sorry, I lost track there. And you guys can update me. I don't know if I've heard HBO confirm one hundred percent. Yeah, this is exactly the same world. Just everything about it would lean towards that. Uh, it's not a matter of correcting me if I'm wrong. Just let me know if I'm missing something entirely. I'd love to know. I'll, I'll, and I'll dig that up here as we get back into uh, the Game of Thrones castle talk rhythm. But Yuteni said this, though. I thought this was really great. That in re-watching Game of Thrones, he said, they're talking about our show throughout, all throughout the series. They're talking about this time in the Targaryen dynasty throughout the original Game of Thrones. And he went on to say that I get to shoot that. Those little conversations. And we, you know... Uh, Arya has them. Um, Shireen has little moments. A lot of times, talking about the, the Tar- Targaryen dynasty, um, Joffrey talking about uh, the, the dynasty and the deaths and the skulls with, with Marjorie. all those kind of moments. I love that Yutanius is like, I watched it. It's almost like he's pointing at the screen like, like he's a Leo DiCaprio meme. <laughs> I shot that scene. I know what they're talking about. And even if it's not 100% the same universe, again, I can't imagine being less than ninety five, but another conversation for another day. That is just, it gets me excited, especially as we're as we're doing this rewatch here on the podcast, and it's taken me back to the show again. We're getting no joke. I think I've seen Game of Thrones uh, start to finish, uh, you know, f- in the fifteen to twenty range time. Except for I haven't seen seven and eight as much because you know every year you rewatch and as you get ready for the next season and then it builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. So I'm a lot of having a lot of fun and I'm still looking to those moments and getting excited that we might see them in House of the Dragon or maybe even in other shows too. That was great. I love that. Final big uh, big thing uh, Yutani said is that he loves uh, what he loves about the characters in the world in um, world, of, world of Ice and Fire. Song of Ice and Fire. He says, I love when characters are messy and conflicted. Everybody's a contradiction. People are good and bad and kind and mean, and that makes a character great. I think that's why we all come to Game of Thrones and then why we stay around for Game of Thrones. I've been saying this recently over on Force Center, but it came out of conversations here. Um, I love Star Wars. I love uh, Game of Thrones, which, again, I just use as a general term to talk about this entire world. But I look at Star Wars as telling us what could be. Where it's like even something like Star Trek is like, here's what was and here's what we could do with that. Star Wars is in this other time, this other galaxy far, far away. And it's saying, hey, here's some similar situations. Here's some political situations. Here's some... Uh, wartime situations here's some social issue situations here's some financial economic uh, situations here's what we could possibly do if we chose to go in this direction as humans chose focusing on empathy and compassion and finding hope amongst the fear that's kind of star wars in a very general nutshell Game of Thrones gets to play in the Aragorn's tax policy world. Uh, as I always re- reference uh, George R. R. Martin saying, uh, Tolkien didn't have to deal with Aragorn's tax policies. He just had to put him on the throne, and we all cheered and end of story, because that is a modern myth. That's a fable. That's, that's what all we kind of want. George was fascinated with the other side of the world, and that goes uh, into every character in his series, and that's why we love it. And I love Star Wars for that. Here's what could be. And I love Game of Thrones for here is what is our reality. Here's what we all are. George R. R. Martin draws from so much real history. Star Wars does too. But George R. R. Martin does almost one-to-one comparison. And and then you get to explore humanity in a different light. I think sometimes the lessons are the same. Game of Thrones doesn't need to focus on hope. Star Wars is preaching hope. So Yutenis is right on the money. We absolutely love this. It's the darkness, it's the light, it's the battle inside all of us. It's the greed, it's the power, it's the ego, it's the machinations, it's the fun of courtroom uh, and courtyard and and kings and queens courtyard uh, fights and politics. Love that stuff. And we're going to need that in a Targaryen civil war. When family, family starts fighting, man, that's going to be different. We're going to need all that stuff. Love that. Great thing. Check out the full interview on the Golden Hour podcast. It did touch a, a little bit on, hey, when's the show coming out? I did see, I didn't look too far into it. There was some news this week of uh, a making of House of the Dragon book uh, being set to be published sometime in the fall, which might come at the conclusion of the show. It's it's hard to read. I I, I do think it's a, a moving picture. Even the attendees, I think, talked about it in this interview of – all the post-production that's needed, as George R. R. Martin said in his March 9th update, they, they have wrapped production on House of the Dragon. Now on to post-production. What What's that like? How many people are able to work on it? Are they still under COVID protocols? Uh, you know, that still is something you have to uh, be concerned about. Or, you know, how many people just how many people are in the office? How many people are working at home? There's those kind of things now that are in post-production. And then, do you want to go head-to-head with the Lord of the Rings show? I'd be fine with that. I don't need to worry about a ratings battle. It's streaming wars. I'll watch them back to back. Could you imagine? I'd be okay with this. Could you imagine if on Sunday nights, on Amazon Prime, HBO Max, at 6 p.m. Pacific time, you get these two episodes. You got Lord of the Rings, you got Game of Thrones. There's your Sunday night. I don't care who wins. We all win in that situation. But from a business standpoint, uh, the, the conversation, the engagement, all those kind of things that you do, do look at in modern, modern media, I could see. And I, I just kind of want to put some money down on the shows being separate. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll be covering them. So this is it. Check out this interview with Greg Gutenes uh, or, at least, go to winterscoming.net. Click on Dan Selke's article. All right. Let's go into this update. I uh, was getting uh, Castle the Talk up and running. Uh, I apologize for kind of spamming the feed. I had to drop, like I said, about three months worth, worth of episodes back onto Anchor so that all the episodes would be present. Um, so, apologize for that, but we're back up and running. But because of that, I, I missed a chance to talk about this George News when it was hot. Uh, George R. Barn, like we said, here is the uh, number one source for World of Ice and Fire News on his Not a Blog. Or sometimes he'll say too much. He uh, said these things, let's just kind of run through here. And then you guys, I want you all to give me your take. We'll talk about it at the end of the show how you can do that. Of course, his first big update was on Winds of Winter, saying he got a lot wor- a lot of work on Winds of Winter done in 2020. We had kind of heard that before. 2021, he says, I got less work. But he points out less is not none. When will these books come out? When will the final book come out? I'm not giving up hope. I'm not giving up hope. But he's uh, giving that update there. He also points out, look, there's all the other things I'm working on. I got a couple hundred pages into what he hopes to call Blood and Fire, not Fire and Blood Volume 2. Blood and Fire, which I like. That makes some sense. Of course, there's a new version of uh, Fire and Blood out, uh, a, a, a visual uh, version, an a, a, a illustrated version. Uh, I might pick that up might pick that up, uh, and I'm uh, preparing myself. If I can get a moment of downtime in my Star Wars reading, I am going to uh, reread parts of Fire and Blood to get myself just even more familiar with the era the House of the Dragon will be in. I'm choking on my own excitement, and today I'm drinking lemonade. Is lemonade the great choice for podcasts? I don't know, but we're finding out. George R. Barton Martin uh, also said this. As we know, he is uh, involved in a lot of the new shows. And he asks himself this question that we're asking. How involved am I in the new shows? He says, a lot, a lot. I love this because what this tells me is that George R. R. Martin is not wanting to lose control like he felt he did, and, and and in reality did, even though I think he stepped away a little bit in terms of the writing, uh, about, about the control he lost on uh, the HBO uh, GOT series. It's just the way of it, man. I feel bad for George. I also don't feel bad because that's the deal. That's the deal you probably took. And he has some... Uh, yeah, some woe was me, world's smallest violin kind of comments out there. That one that we've mentioned before here. You know, they were having a problem figuring out some of the character stuff. And they, the producers and directors huddled around. And I was there. And no one went to me. And, uh, you know, I, that's when I realized this wasn't really my show. Yeah. No beep. That's what happens. Uh, that's what happens. And look at Marvel shows. Matt Fraction is a consulting producer on Hawkeye. That was a gift credit. Uh, He and uh, David Aja, not consulted for Hawkeye in any, um, I think, uh, uh, large percentage or degree. So, but that's just what it is. But, but, I think George understands now, if I don't want to experience that again, if I don't want some of my fandom to experience that again, where I seemingly, and in reality, lose control of my shows, I want to be involved. I want to roll up my sleeves and be involved. And I'm excited for that. I, for one, very excited about that. I want that. He's all over this. All of it is in his head. All the big thoughts. I would argue, and I would tell this to George over chips and salsa at his favorite Santa Fe, New Mexico restaurant. That Even he has admitted that some of the actors have come in and, and made different choices that end up being what he felt might have been better choices, that he can't separate maybe some of the character performances from the characters he's now writing. And that's just that's to me how, how it's worked. So I'm never going to throw the baby out with the bathwater, even if it's a dragon baby. Um, it's just the way it works. But I want George in. I want him to be that source of information. I want him to have excitement for this. I don't want him to be bitter and regretful. I think he sees this as a chance to continue and a chance to improve on what he had put out there before. Um, and that's saying a lot because GOT certainly raised the standards for acclaim and awards and fandoms and excitement. Uh, he said this uh, they've got the Sea Snake show. And again, a lot of this is information that I wouldn't say is surprising information we've talked about here. None of the, none of it's official from HBO, but this is pretty official. The uh, Corliss uh, Veleron show, uh, the Sea Snake. Um we've heard about that one but he says uh, and again I personally might not know some of the information that he's conf- said here or confirmed here uh it might be out there so I apologize. But Bruno Heller, former showrunner on Rome working on the Sea Snake program. Uh, Amanda Siegel uh, scripting the 10,000 ships, of course, the Nymeria series, and Steve Conrad helming Dunk and Egg. We talked about that recently on the show, one of the last uh, new shows we did with Alden Diaz uh, as a guest on that one. Uh, But uh, George says, uh, and by the way, George also said up top that he's finishing the novellas for that series as well. But uh, that series, he says, most likely going to be called "A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms," which I think is a great title. But he also said uh, the Hedge Knight, as he said, the Hedge Knight has its partisans, uh, so maybe a civil war over what the title. I, a Knight of the Seven Kingdoms is a long title, but I think to a general public, it's not that people will understand what a Hedge Knight is. It just it's that's not as sexy. Hedge Knight, a knight sleeping under a hedge because he has no house, no home. No, no, no! A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. That's a great title. I hope that's the title. He went and talked to about the uh, animated shows, many in development. He's seen a lot of concept art. Uh, he mentioned the ET series for HBO Max. The animated shows are going to be uh, on HBO Max. Uh, the Golden Empire, the name of that one. Again, I think we kind of had heard that one. I, I, uh, this, the animated shows. I know, I know some just from stuff going around town. They're really trying to really just explode out the animated side of Game of Thrones. And we talked, uh, uh, actually, I think, take it back. I think it was on another show. Talked about the Lord of the Rings one. Maybe we did do, no, we did do that. No, what am I saying? We On the, on the update episode, I talked about the Lord of the Rings animated show, the uh, Rohirrim show, which is going to be more closely connected to Jackson's uh, Lord of the Rings. Um, I think that's great. Love this. More Game of Thrones content what can go wrong. We'll talk a little bit more about expectations in other episodes. Uh, like I said, I don't know much. I don't know much about in this world. I, I do have a lot of friends who uh, work in animation out here, and I've been hearing some of the stuff going on and all of its a development, all of its pitches, all of its ideas that might never see the light of day. But there's just some exciting and different things going around in the animated si- animated side. And George is uh, saying that here as well. And uh, in closing, there for me. I've been one of those just finished the damn books jerks in the past. It's gotten to that point with me. I I'm, I never want to come off as, as as critical of George. I think some of his statements, some of the distance he put between himself and the show towards the end, um, at moments I have I, I take offense to a little bit, maybe because I just love the show too much and I'm a homer for the show, but I just think he's you know. Some of his books are long and rambly to me, and, uh, but it's this wonderful world he created. But I, I, I feel myself in the last couple of years going towards more of a negative side when George is like, I'm trying to work on the books. I'm like, just finish the damn books, man. Easier said than done. Um, but after reading this news update, he very clearly is. It's not something that's casual for him. This is his life. This is his legacy. Jerkballs like me sitting on cameras in their home studios. Um, it means nothing to George. What means everything to George is this world he's creating and continue, continuing to create. So uh, even though occasionally he might still get a little grumpy and say, just finish the books, George. Um, I say that because I'm just I'm excited to see what he has planned. I think there's a bit of a gauntlet thrown down. The show ended. It did what it wanted to do. It did perhaps its own thing. George, you've hinted that your diff, yours could be a little different. Well, here you go. Let's do it. Let's see it. And let me just say this: um, George put his mood on this blog. Because remember, 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 blogging. Remember, we all used to blog. You got to put your mood. You got to put your mood. He he put tired. I've had trouble getting the energy to get this episode up today because of some of my workload this week. And my workload was nothing compared to George R. R. Martin's. So I'm a fan. I'll close the show by saying this. Hats off to you, George. Little newsy hat off to you uh, for all the work you continue to do into this world that we love, this world that we love celebrating. So much more to come. Um, His legacy is complete. He could finish this book, get the next one, not have any involvement in any of the TV shows. He could sell the name, sell the rights, and head on down the road, the king's road, if you will. He's not. He's not. He's here with us in the castle trying to create even more stories for us to talk about, for us to pundit about, for us to enjoy. So absolutely, I'm tremendously appreciative of George R.R. R. Martin. And he's the number one news source. Folks, we are wrapping up here for today. Just a little update. Uh, We are excited. I'm excited to get back into season four. Where are we up to now? We're up to episode three. We got to do the rewatch on that. More new shows. I'll start looking at some other things. I keep saying I want to get ready for House of the Dragon. Probably get ready for Ring of Power. We'll start doing that more and more. And we're back on anchor. So what that means is those old uh, voice messages that a lot of you used to call into the show... We can do them again. We can't do them again. So if you have the Anchor app, that's probably the best way to do it. I think you can uh, find the links in the desktop version as well. If you have a question, a comment, anything you want to say about something we talked about today, what do you feel about this information? Bruno Heller working on the Sea Snake show, Amanda Siegel scripting 10,000 ships. What are you expecting for a Nymeria series? Steve Conrad, Duncan Egg, the Golden Empire, what kind of animated shows would you want to see? And like me, are you uh, excited for George to finish the books more than grumpy about George finishing uh, the damn books? Let me know. Let me know or any other thoughts, any other questions. Uh, And uh, if you have thoughts on upcoming episodes of Game of Thrones, uh, as we do our rewatch and our our thematic breakdown, please uh, call into that as well. So uh, easiest thing to do is you have the Anchor app. You can favorite it there. The desktop version, favorite it there. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, Apple, Spotify, all the other places, continue to listen to it there. That's probably easier for you. Uh, the Anchor app uh, uh, admittedly can be a little wonky, but if you want to communicate, go through Anchor and uh, and do that. Have fun. Have fun. Let's communicate. Let's talk. I want to hear those voices again. Rancher Donald, Eric Monroe, so many other uh, voices used to call in, especially in the back of the Daily Thrones days. If you're here, you're still around, or you're new, let's hear your voice. Uh, let's hear your voice. Uh, you can follow Castling Talk on uh, Facebook. There's a Facebook page. Uh, you know, I'm not on Facebook as as, as much uh, either as uh, I'm sure a lot of you aren't. But uh, that's there. Uh, no official Twitter feed. You can follow me at Katnapsok. Again, uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you f- for supporting the show. Uh, if you're a podcast listener, head over to YouTube. Search Casually Talk. Find us there. Subscribe as we build out that channel. But right now, I'm just simulcasting on these two spots. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, follow me at Katnapsug. I'm ending the show. I'm out of here. Not much more to say. I'm going to go, you know, watch some Game of Thrones. We'll see you next time here on Casterly Talk.